economics, both micro and macro, is one of those subjects back in school or university you always brush through. You always wanted to dig a little deeper, scratch beyond the surface, but for some reason you just never did. Ron and I are attempting a series of episodes within the realm of economics to help you brush up your basics better, so stay tuned. Hello, hello, my name is Savan. Hi everybody, my name is Ronnie. Welcome to another episode of Surface Scratchers. This possibly is the biggest feat that we've ever attempted trying to decode economics concepts. What do you think makes us qualified to do this, uh, Savan? I have no idea. I have credentials though for uh, economics teaching. Mm -hmm. My mom is an economics teacher. Is she? I didn't know that. Yeah, hey, she wow, then so you should know all this even better. Yeah, but, but she teaches <laughs> high school and and I was a science student, so to say, and did not do commerce. Most of my research very emphatically stated how economics is actually a science. Ah, but tell that to the ICSE board. <laughs> you know, economics for us in school now, our state board, suddenly out yeah. of nowhere came up in ninth standard as a hmm. addendum to geography. I don't know if it was a key. <laughs> so remember how history and civics went together? Civics. So geography felt kind of left out. Out of nowhere in ninth standard, it was geography and economics. But it sounded cool. So you had... Hey, but th- come to think of it... No. <laughs> come to think of it, no. Did you have civics? Yes, I had civics, yeah. And it's pretty good at it also. Were you? How do you get good at civics? Marking up. <laughs> Okay, let's let's move on from all that banter to what we want to discuss today. What are we discussing today, Ronnie Jacob? We are discussing what is an aggregate measure of production equal to the sum of gross values added of all resident and institutional units engaged in production and services plus any taxes and minus any subsidies on products not included in the value of their homes. So we are actually discussing GDP. Cool. We better make your mom proud. I just did. (laughs) So we'll start off with the what is GDP section. I'll take that. I just defined it for you. (laughs) And And I'm convinced, Savant, that no other discipline tries to keep people out by complicated jargon and stuff that normally would go over people's head as much as economics does. I feel like it's a definition that evolved over time. First, it would be just the value (laughs) of goods and services. Oh, but produced within the jurisdiction. Oh, but within a stipulated time period. Oh, and went on and on. Right. So you've actually got the definition pretty accurately. It's the GDP is the sum of all finished goods and services Mm -hmm. produced within a jurisdiction or a country during a particular time period. So that's essentially GDP. What does it mean for us? It is essentially a measure of everything a country is doing. So from whatever is being produced in the factories, what is being consumed at home, Mm -hmm. what investments are coming in from the government, what roads are being built, what wages are being paid, etc. So the sum of all financial transactions within a country is what a GDP is. And the higher the GDP, the more transactions that are happening in a country, through its people, through its companies, through its government. And the more it is, the better the country is doing. So that's that's the simple definition, sum of 
pretty much all financial transactions towards finished goods in in a country there are different ways that you can go ahead and measure gdp one one method is the output measure which is essentially all the value that is added from the production of goods or services within the economy yeah so you go to the guys who produce stuff anything that comes out of their factory gates or services that are rendered by these people you add them all up you get the output mm-hmm. another way to track the uh, uh, gdp of a country would be the income of people who are participants in in the country so all wages salaries etc of employees profits made by corporates interest and other in- investment income that are made by corporates and people i guess agricultural income of farmers and any co- profits by non corporates as in companies that are not incorporated or registered yeah the last way which is the expenditure part is calculating the actual expenditure made by different participants in the economy mm-hmm. so all the money that's going out so this one is the most commonly used definition of gdp this is the the hallowed c plus i plus g plus nx is it not this this is that one yes i never really understood it too well i don't think i have got into the bottom of it today either <laughs> but i'll do the best i can so the expenditure calculation of gdp is that formula which consists of all expenditures made by individuals or households these are anything that you buy in terms of groceries or durable goods buying jewelry medical expenses all of that so all your expenditures towards a finished mm-hmm. product the other component of gdp is the company's expenditure on building factories putting in machinery towards the factory equipment and all of that the last com- component the main last main component rather is the is the spending by the government where they pay their employees they purchase weapons and if i'm not wrong your like uh, government spending on social security or pension and all would not be included because that money Correct. the residents or civilians would as it is be used uh, be using to consume goods or services which would be incorporated in c absolutely another thing because gdp is the sum of all the services or whatever produced within a mm-hmm. country that features over here are exports so if somebody else buys something from your country if uh, america buys mangoes from ratnagiri it is india's production so that will count towards india's gdp but if we were to buy apple products from america we are actually contributing towards america's gdp so suppose spend 50000 rupees mm-hmm. on an apple iphone you're contributing to america's gdp but this 50000 has been counted in your consumption c part so it has to be removed as an input so now if if surface scratchers incorporate opens up a factory in london to make these cds will that be cal- counted in india's gdp no it won't because even though it's an indian desi hard company no it won't because we don't make any money <laughs> <laughs> we'd be dilutive to india's gdp some <laughs> but but no because it's if if we were to make money in london maybe that's what's missing maybe we need to move to london to make money we would contribute to the uk's gdp and not india's gdp perfect very clear
but <laughs> but but there are more terms savant there is g and i there is yes. g and p and all of that there is nominal and real and some triple p <laughs> stuff as well what are all of these so uh cool so all these essentially are on you know metrics used to compare a frame of reference so just saying mm. india is a 3 trillion dollar economy means nothing right it's mm. 3 trillion dollars over something previously or right. it's 3 trillion dollars versus a pakistan which is something or you know mm. what is per capita versus someone else so that's whenever one compares gdp figures from one year to another you really need to compensate for changes in the value of money okay let me explain and it's simply the effect of inflation so for example suppose a country's gdp is in 1990 is say 100 rupees okay in 2000 say it becomes 300 rupees you know you will with a 56 in chess say that we've grown 3x in our gdp but there's one thing you haven't accounted for which is the value of the currency right if you ask someone in 1990 one pound costed 1 rupee per pound if that pound costed 2 rupees per pound in which case your currency has halved in value that has to be factored into your gdp of 2000 so effectively your gdp in 2000 which was 300 rupees is is 300 into 0.5 which is 150 so you haven't grown 3x you've grown 50% yeah so this adjusted factor that is used to calculate the real quote unquote gdp is indeed called real gdp okay okay so the correction factor is this one term called gdp deflator which is not like your cpi which is a consumer price index you know which measures inflation basis the household consumer goods this takes mm-hmm. into account all domestically produced goods services including investment good including government services as well as household consumption goods so this gdp deflator into actual nominal gdp becomes your real gdp that's the first big term that everyone uses so whenever they have a frame of reference of factor they usually are referring to a real gdp okay right number 2 when you are comparing a a gdp between two countries say right uh, so say india's gdp per capita while india is the sixth largest economy in the world at 3 trillion dollars when it is when you look at it per capita which is by its 1.35 billion population we immediately go down to 147 so obviously right. the value of goods and services divided by the population becomes the gdp per capita which is a very very powerful tool to discern an economy's strength versus the other okay that is gdp per capita it's fairly straightforward the third term that's used very frequently is gdp based on purchasing power parity or ppp okay what that does triple p <laughs> sure let's call it triple p so <laughs> call it what it is yeah so so gdp based on triple p basically <laughs> equalizes the gdp on an international dollar so a 1 dollar which is now 70 bucks can buy 70 pounds in india or 35 pounds in india but the number of pounds you buy in the us would be significantly lesser and therefore india's gdp inflates a little bit because things are cheap in india so while we are the sixth largest economy on absolute gdp when it comes on purchasing power parity because everything is so cheap here sugar pows etc we become the third largest economy in the world but right now gdp is widely used as the strength of one's economy it wasn't always the case which brings us to our next segment of the origin of the gdp 
apparently when kings and all na in in the middle ages had to decide if they want to go to war with another country they had to figure out ki can i get the soldiers is there enough metal to make swords and shields and armor is there enough wheat to feed my soldiers as i you know hmm. take them to a foreign land and all of that so surveying a kingdom to understand what is the current status of things are my peasants rich enough for me to tax them hmm. is was a harvest good or whatever was something that was unofficially done and in essence the objective of this is to assess the nations or the kingdoms uh, wealth or where they stand so this this has been been around for a while so the guy who almost officially did this for the first time was this chap called william petty mm-hmm. who was so there was this period uh, uh, and i think there's a small callback over here though you remember in the bombay episode there was catherine of braganza who married yes king charles dowry dowry yeah so king charles was charles the second he was the son of charles the first and between the reign of charles the first and charles the second there was this period called the english civil war where the mm-hmm. monarchy was abolished and this guy called oliver cromwell yeah. became like as prime minister or president and the ruler of the country who's not a monarch so in this english civil war william petty surveyed ireland which was then an english colony to see if to see how much land can be given to soldiers who fight in the english civil war under oliver cromwell so william petty said to be in a way the original gdp guy but it wasn't used with that terminology or what with that intent the first time that came about was the first time that came about was <laughs> during the great depression so during the great depression in the us the the us was really riven with you know hunger unemployment anxiety but with that also came the birth of the term gdp so it was this modern concept developed by this guy called simon kuznets uh, in a us congress report in 1934 where he thought that a country's ability or, or rather a country's economic strength can be condensed into one number hmm. okay until the concept no one had a no one had really figured out a way to measuring what was happening economically hmm. so this guy comes and defines this with a lot of caveats and i hope ronny will cover those caveats he outrightly said ki listen i am coming up with this term gdp however do not you know equate a country's well being to this number but he hmm. said that this is a great tool to just put the entire economy in one number and that's the modern concept of gdp so in 1937 fdr roosevelt uh, in one of his speeches before the war starts talking about the economy and he says that for the first time he uses the word american economy is boosted as you can see by the gdp what really worked is it's such a simple mechanistic number right there is an input a c plus i plus g plus nx and there's an output so you know exactly how to grow it and growing it helps because it's an indication of strength as you know once the cold war uh, entailed post the world war 2 the entire battle between capitalism and communism mm. was actually determined by who's winning on gdp eventually right? right likewise even when the imf was set up or the world bank was set up or un was giving aid people would go with this gdp number suddenly there was just a condensed number to assess how you are doing as a country mm-hmm. uh, it is also a great tool to win the war by the way fdr uh, said that 
uh, I don't know if he said it, but in, I read one article where FDR looked at the GDP. It allowed him to see how he can allocate his resources basis his GDP. Correct. You know, I have so much more money to spend on defense. And yeah. eventually that will help the economy because it's government spending. And also if there was any government spending in terms of uh, aid to people or subsidies or social security or whatever else, GDP would be a measure to see if something of that sort was actually working. You're reflecting into growth of economy. Exactly. exactly. Because I remember the guy before him, Herbert Hoover, did not have such a measure and he had to eventually use stuff like, you know, how many railroad cars were loaded with coal or something like that to see if really? the economy was growing. <laughs> so last last month it was 100 cars. This this year it's one, this month it's 120. So there's a 20% increase in demand for coal, which means that factories are pro- probably producing more steel <laughs> or whatever it is. But one thing that Simon Kuznets do, did do is constantly qualify that do not make this the all in all of uh, a country's economy. Don't make this the overarching metric. And why is that, Ron? Let's move on to the next segment. If there's a meme that could be made with Simon Kuznets <laughs> saying something and we doing the exact opposite. So Simon Kuznets in this paper that he had submitted to Congress or right before Congress had used this line, economic welfare cannot be adequately measured unless the personal distribution of income is known. Mm -hmm. Essentially, I think what he was trying to say, and this is my interpretation, first time I'm doing stuff like this, is that GDP can grow. Hmm. But if that distribution of wealth is sticking towards, you know, the rich people not really flowing towards the poor, etc., there can be income, income inequality, which is what we're seeing across the world. And just looking at GDP that, you know, country's GDP is growing, the poor might be suffering quite a bit. So there are hidden things behind GDP. Uh, another thing that he said, uh, with quantitative measurements especially, a precision and simplicity in the outlines of the object can be measured. So like you said, with all of this boiling down to one number, you he's kind of, you know, there's a lot of things that are hidden. There's a lot of scope for manipulation, abuse of all of this, etc. Mm. And one thing which he really stood for was to not include government spending in this whole thing. Because just to increase the GDP, so so the government can spend on missiles or tanks or administrative buildings or parliament houses or whatever, a government to increase GDP can game the measure was essentially what he was saying. Apart from that, increasing GDP typically has an adverse environment impact as well, Mm. which today is becoming a big, big factor. And you will see in countries like China, etc., that increasing GDP does not really mean that a person's freedom or political liberty is increasing. Hmm. So again, there are a lot of things that are you know, behind this. But, but, but you know what, Ronnie, like I was reading an article that spoke exactly about this. Hmm. Okay. That uh, firstly, while you're right, like a GDP is not an indication of human development index or, uh, you know, damage to the climate or something like that. There is still a high correl, maybe not be a causation, but a high correlation between the two. So typically, higher GDP per capita countries have higher HDIs, right? With the odd exclusion, right? Uh, they also uh, juxtaposed it with happiness indices. So typically, higher GDP per capita also has ha- high happiness index. You know, there would be an odd Bhutan would be a, hmm. you know, an exclusion to the rule, but it's pretty much indicative of 
yeah. social development also. And it might even be fair to argue that it was not, it's not correlation, it's probably causation as well. But the entire mm-hmm. argument Cousinus was making and that other people are making over here is that don't look at it as the only number that you should chase, governments should chase, uh, huh. people should you know measure how their country is doing, rank another country or whatever. All of these things are nuances that you need to look at as well. Yeah, so moving on to the next segment, which is our country, India, and its relationship with this really complicated metric that everyone wants to ace, <laughs> uh, which is India's GDP. So to start off with, bro, like if you look at the history of India, historically, India was the largest economy in the world for most of the two millennia, mm. from the first until the 19th century. It kind of boils my blood as it does most Indians about how that it was just such a drain of prosperity from India to the British, right? So India's share of global industrial output in 1750 documented was 25%, completely plummeted down to 2% in 1900. To be fair and to to our credit, we have bounced back fairly well uh, from what the British actually did to us. So today at $3.05 trillion as of 2021, we are the sixth largest economy by nominal GDP. Third largest by purchasing power parity. However, like I mentioned, if you look at it at per capita, India is ranked at 145th by GDP per capita nominal and 122nd by GDP uh, uh, by PPV, triple P, as you say. <laughs> so the, the problem, as you're aware, like from 1947, when we did gain independence to 1991, our governments promoted a protectionism kind of economic policy, right? Which is uh, high tariffs on import, trying to promote local artisans. The original like make in India. Original make in India. A lot of state interventions and regulation. And then we opened up our borders, economic liberalization came, and then the rest uh, was just a very good growth story. The good thing though for India is because we have such a good positive demographic dividend, as in we have a very young population compared to a China and way younger than something like a Japan. Hmm. And also, like, you know, generally healthy investment rates and, and, and improving globalization, our GDP is going to grow. Correct. Full stop. Okay, so if it's not, that means we are really messing some things up. Uh-huh. So the macros are very much in our favor to grow. Uh, and it's just for us to, you know, take it to the next level. So uh, some interesting things about India's economy is while the absolute GDP is high, mm. per capita is low, the Gini coefficient is we are in the around the median when it comes to world. We are 33.9. Okay. Our HDIs are improving, but are still very low at 0.475. As do most developed countries, Ron, uh, out of the C plus I plus G plus NX, 59% of India's economy is uh, attributed to household consumption, C. Government consumption is around 11.5% and the I factor is 28.5%. Uh, we are very import dependent. Our imports are higher than exports. So our NX is negative. The next thing, Ron, that I just want to quickly touch upon is this really controversial, uh, uh, you know, expose by Arvind Subramaniam, who was the former chief economic advisor to our government and Modi ji in particular. So he put out a working paper uh, that questioned India's GDP figures. Okay, and he hmm. urged... Uh, to relook at India's economic statistics, which is strange because he was the chief economic advisor before he 
<laughs> retired or something and came out. So, so the paper said that India had overestimated GDP growth from 2011 to 2017 by as much as 250 bips, so 2.5 percent. So we are not growing, according to him, at seven odd percent. We are growing at 4.5 percent. So okay. the actual numbers are are very sobering. So post financial crisis, while seven percent would be spectacular, four point five percent is a sombrer, solid performance. Huh. So, but not bad. It's it's a definitely not bad. It's a rubber rubber innings. But what he did know, Subramanian, he carried out an experiment. What this experiment was is that you juxtapose the GDP curve to a lot of surrogate industries like electricity consumption or two wheeler sales or you know index of industrial production. What he noticed was, see, from two thousand one to two thousand eleven, they are parallel. Suddenly, from two thousand eleven to two thousand seventeen, all these electricity consumption, two wheeler sales, and other industrial produce kind of plateau. But apna GDP is going on and on. <laughs> Last long, really long. So he tried to, you know, uh, delineate these reasons. I didn't understand it from the paper, to be honest. But what I did get is. he suggested that the new gdp methodology did not properly take into account how changes in global oil prices affect actual figures so uh-huh. that was the big errant uh, input into this gdp output so he finally concluded that you know this is bad not only does it reflect poorly on our <laughs> data sanity but he he concluded with three points one india must restore growth as a key policy objective because looking at overstated growth numbers roni means you are investing lesser in further growth so one we should look at that second this has caused massive reputational damage to our data generation right so he has pushed the government to hire both indian and global technical and you know people with personal reputation mm-hmm. so uh, that's what he said and he also third you know started pushing on uh, look at things beyond gdp just like how what fair enough fair enough so these recommendations seem bad what i always wonder is see whether you calculate it as c plus i plus g plus nx or you calculate it as actual value of industrial output india has such a high quote unquote secondary market right like uh, a lot of unincorporated companies selling stuff how is that accounted for there is i think there is a little bit of uh, you know testament to this the demonetization that had happened in 2017 or whatever did not really have too much of an impact on the gdp if you look at the gdp numbers that and who would have used currency notes the most it would have been people like your household help and yeah stuff. absolutely absolutely so demonetization clearly caused a lot of pain and hardship to a lot of people did not have an effect on the gdp just goes to show that that measure was probably not not accurate yeah all right with that we come to the end of this very first econ scratchers episode we hope you enjoyed it and and we will be back with more cool micro and macroeconomic topics like inflation supply and demand like money markets interest rates and hopefully a lot more <laughs> <laughs> with that we hope you had fun listening to this if you are listening to us on youtube thank you so much do subscribe to our channel share this with your friends as well until next week take care bye